0: All right, so coming to you, everybody. It's week 15, and we are Wagers Ragers. Can't believe we've made it through to the 15th week of the NFL season, but we have indeed. So I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the greatest state in the entire union—that is, New Jersey. I'm in new jersey always joining me is john the hedgehog doneth also the hedgehog. from the wonderful garden state i'm in new jersey home of jersey corn home of blueberries in hammington new jersey john the hedgehog Donith. john how you
1: doing i'm doing doing very well i mean we could sit here all day and talk about all the great things that new jersey has you know, we have restaurants where they deep fry hot dogs. You know, the Sopranos are from New Jersey. Half of New York's teams play in New Jersey. New Jersey is a great, great place. The the, the 24-hour diner. The tw- home of 24-hour diner.
0: Home of, I mean, New Jersey is the home of the 24-hour diner. Look, it's the greatest state for a reason. And your two greatest prognosticators are here again this week for week 15. And we are going to tell you the way it is, the picks to take, the games to take. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. But again, you know, we always have to focus on our respective teams, but we're going to give it to you straight. So let's talk about how we did in week 14. And I got to tell you, my week 14 was a killer. I had two games. Of course, as everybody knows, I'm a Jet fan. I had Jets at Seahawks, Jets coming off of that just awful, debilitating last second loss to the Raiders at home, losing on like an over 40-yard pass from Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs in the end zone to win that game and pull victory from the Jets and deal them another loss. So they went into Seattle, Seattle was coming off of a just a terrible game against the Giants. And this just set up for a a get well game. That was my prediction last week. The Seahawks were laying 13 and a half points. And as, you know, as I told you week after week, I don't like laying double digit favorites, given all of the facts and circumstances surrounding the Jet loss, the Seahawks loss. I really thought the Seahawks were going to just annihilate the Jets. And guess what happened? That's exactly what happened. Jets came out down the field, scored, kicked a field goal. You know, Jets are rolling. Here we go. And then the shoe dropped very early in the first quarter, and they just got totally destroyed by the Seahawks. They covered that 13-and-a-half point spread easily, and it was total destruction. Sam Darnold looked terrible. The entire team looked awful. It was a big cover for the Seahawks. Now on the player props, here's the problem that I had. The problem is, is that the Seahawks blew out the Jets so early that Metcalf and Russell Wilson came out of the game early. They put Geno Smith in. Metcalf was out early. So I didn't cover on those props. But I would have if the Jets had kept it competitive. I should have known better. But what are you going to do? I mean, in my second game, this was like Nostradamus of the NFL Washington was on a roll. They were getting three and a half points against the 49ers Washington won the game despite the fact that Alex Smith got hurt and Dwayne Haskins had to come into the game. So I lost on my player prop with, with Alex Smith over 222 and a half passing yards, but Washington covered the spread. They won the game. And in fact, Based on the Giants' loss to the Arizona Cardinals, the Washington football team is in first place. So I won on the Redskins. I'm sorry, not the Redskins. The Washington football team giving three and a half points, and the money line plus 144 over the San Francisco 49ers. So all in all, good game picking the uh, pick, picking the the uh, the games with the spread and the money line. So overall, pretty good game for me. On week 14 and my college nugget of Alabama giving 31 points to Arkansas.
1: What an easy cover that was. John, how'd you do last week? Well, it was a a very, very interesting week. Got a lot of picks right last week, so that was fun. But week 14 was fun for another reason as well. As for all of Sunday, I had John Mellencamp running through my head. Because it, hurt so it hurts so good. Uh, My Philadelphia Eagles hosted the New Orleans Saints last week, and there was very little confidence from any corner of the globe that the Eagles had any chance of being competitive in that game. The Saints came in as the best team in the NFC, the only team in the NFC that had clinched a playoff spot and a defense that was just crushing people left and right. The Eagles, on the other hand, had lost four in a row had just looked dreadful pretty much in every game, had given Eagles fans very little reason to believe that we were going to be competitive for the rest of the year.
0: I like those odds.
1: (laughs) Jalen Hurts came in last week in his first start. And against that vaunted defense, Jalen Hurts ran for 100 yards, threw for another 167 more, and won the game outright. That's right. The Eagles beat the best team in the NFC last week. Again, you can just never predict what's going to happen in the NFL. Now, I don't bet against my own team, but the pick last week was to uh, go with the Saints who are giving seven points on FanDuel and eight points on DraftKings. Um, like I said last week, the Eagles in the previous month had given uh, people no reason to believe that they could still be competitive. So I, I don't have a problem with with that pick right there. Um, the rest of the game went pretty well for me on all my props here. I said to take Jalen Hurts with the over on 39 and a half yards rushing at minus 112 on DraftKings, hit that. Uh, one that I didn't hit that I felt really, really great about was Taysom Hill over 45 and a half rushing yards at minus 110. Uh, I, I just felt great about that. The Eagles had been 25th against the Rush so far this year. Hill was averaging 51 and a half rushing yards in his last six. The Eagles couldn't tackle anybody. And what happened instead was Sean Payton decided to pass, 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 because of course, Sean Payton is always the smartest guy in the room. Uh, He's a really great coach, but I think sometimes he tries to get too cute. Um, And in this situation, I guess he was attacking the Eagles weakness, which is their secondary still. But he was playing to a weakness of his team. You know, uh, Taysom Hill is so dangerous because he can beat you with his legs. He has never demonstrated that he's a really great passer. But Peyton went to Taysom Hill a lot more often than probably anybody thought to his own detriment. And the Eagles came out and won the game. Uh, I also liked Alvin Kamara, 55 and a half rushing yards. That just barely missed, but that was a close one. Uh, going into the latter part of the game. So, overall, a great game for an Eagles fan because the Eagles won, hit a Jalen Hurts prop, uh, and lost the two New Orleans Saints props. My second game was really, really great. That was the Monday night game, Ravens at the Browns. The uh, Ravens were giving uh, two on DraftKings and two and a half on FanDuel. And I think that went up by about a point by the time the game happened. And as it turned out, the Ravens did end up covering in a wild, wild game. Lamar Jackson had a a fantastic performance. I said to take his over on the rushing yards. That hit. I said to take Gus Edwards, get Gus Edwards over on the rushing yards, 30 and a half uh, yards. That also hit. And of course, the game, the Ravens covered. So some hot, some cold. I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. That's the way gambling goes. But overall, it was a positive weekend in many respects.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, on your Eagles game, I was really heavy thinking that Zach Ertz was going to like break out and have a good game this week with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, with uh, Zach being his safety valve. But unfortunately, he didn't hit either of the props of 26 and a half yards or two and a half receptions. He had two catches, missed it by a half. Uh, and his his receiving yards were eight, which was a pathetic showing. So Zach Ertz continues his bad season this year. I guess we'll have to see what happens next year. I did like the Hurts uh, rushing, which destroyed the 39 and a half uh, prop over uh, that was listed for last week so one on that and I I did think that Alvin Kamara was going to have over the 55 and a half rushing yards so unfortunately I lost on that on your second game I loved Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown and I had it at plus 150 and he scored the first touchdown of the game yeah the Ravens I mean that was sick and that was covered real early and I loved the Gus Edwards rushing as well so I had a good a good um
1: good night on that uh, Baltimore-Cleveland game, for sure. Yeah, that when I, when I was watching that game, I'm watching like the first drive and Lamar Jackson scored and I'm like, damn it. I was like, he was right. Lamar Jackson did score and he was the first freaking one.
0: Yeah, it's almost like, you know, I, like, I, I look at Lamar Jackson when he's in there playing quarterback and I look at him almost like Travis Kelsey. Like, I should bet Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown every single game because he rushes the ball just so well. And Kelsey is just, he's like the go-to guy for Mahomes. So for me, it's just go to the well until the well dries up. So, I mean, that's going to be a common theme. And my second game this week is is Chief Saints. And and, you, and you'll see how I continue on with
1: Travis Kelsey. I'm sure we'll talk about that more when the game comes up in in just a few minutes, but just think about it. How many times have you won Kelsey over on receiving yards this year? Yeah. I mean, it's almost every week, every week, every week, every week. I'm a little hesitant
0: on the receptions because it seems to go up every week. Like to me, it's very difficult to take over six and a half receptions. I just, I, I, I can't five and a half is like my limit. Six and a half. I just can't do it because you can get 85 yards receiving or 89 yards receiving on four receptions or five receptions. Taking seven receptions, which is really six and a half, to me is is a really difficult take. Talk about that as we get into week 15. Look, I mean, this doesn't come as a surprise. I'm a Jet fan. I'm not proud of it this year. But in some respects, I am. I mean, I, I, I want them to continue to lose. And I think this week they become the sacrificial lamb of the Los Angeles Rams gonna get into some stats and i usually don't go stat heavy but i think on both of the games that i'm taking i think it's really important to look at the stats when you're looking at this game and deciding where to go with this now i don't like taking double digit uh favorites but with the jets i have now come to the conclusion that they are the exception and i'll tell you why they have lost Every single non-divisional game by more than 30 points. That's eight non-divisional games by more than 30 points. The streak continues. It's the longest streak since the NFL split up into four divisions, not eight, four divisions in 1967. The Jets are historically bad. The Jets have scored fewer than 20 points in nine Games This year. I mean, does it get any worse than that? The Rams, on the other hand, they've allowed less than 20 points in seven games this season. That's tied for the most in the entire league. This has a recipe for disaster. The Rams are the only team with a 90 plus passer rating and giving up fewer than 20 points per game. They've won four out of their last five games, the Rams. The Jets have lost 13 straight games. Darnold, the savior of the Jets, coming back from a shoulder injury, his last three games, let's talk about it. Two touchdowns, three interceptions, nine sacks, a 57.9% completion percentage is just putrid, not to mention all the lost fumbles on the sacks. It's been a complete debacle. And if the Jets think going into Los Angeles that they have a chance against this Rams team, no shot. This has blowout written all over it. It's going to be a mirror image of last week's game against Seattle. So the only concern I have is this like a look past game for the Rams – Next week, the Rams are playing Seattle. Right now, they're presently tied for first place with the Seahawks. Are they going to look past the Jets and think, oh, this is just an easy win? We can look past the Jets, beat this team, and then move on to Seattle next week. I don't think so. I think the Rams are just going to come in. They're going to look at the Jets and just say, we're going to play our game. It doesn't matter how, you know, what the Jets do, we're going to beat them by probably. 24, 30 points. Aaron Donald is a beast. The guy's leading the league right now. 12 and a half sacks. It's insane. Insane. So here's my stat comparison, okay? Put this in your craw and think about it. Put this in your <laughs> <opinion>. Rams <laughs> it offense, yards per them. game. Fifth in the NFL. 389.4. Jets, last in the NFL. yards per game. Rams passing offense, 12th in the NFL, 260.5 yards passing per game. Jets last, 166.1 passing yards per game. Rams rushing, 8th in the NFL, 128.9 rushing yards per game on offense. Jets, 21st. Wow. They're not last. they're not last 103.7 rushing yards per game, but let's get to points Rams eh, middle of the road, 17th in the league, 25 points per game for the Rams scoring offensively. Okay. Jets last last 14.1 yards per game. I mean, sorry, points per game scoring. 14.1. It is. I'm not going to swear, but it is terrible. Just brutal. The numbers are even worse when you look at defense. Rams defense, yards per game giving up, first in the NFL, 285.8 yards per game. The Jets, 30th. 30th out of 32. 389.6 yards per game giving up. Rams defense, passing. Yeah, they're first in the NFL, only giving up 191.7 yards passing. This is playing against, like, the likes of Russell Wilson. Not Sam Darnold with a crappy offensive line and terrible offensive weapons. Rushing, defense, Rams, third in the NFL only 94.2 yards per game giving up and points third in the NFL only giving up 18.9 points per game. And this is playing teams that are not the New York jets, the jet defense. I already told you about yards per game passing 31st in the NFL, giving up 286.8 passing yards per game. The only only stat in which the Jets on defense are actually decent is their 12th in the NFL in rushing, which is 112.8 yards rushing per game. But it doesn't really matter because they're 31st in points per game, giving up 30.2. Look at it. The Jets offense scores 14.1 points per game. They give up 30.2. The games in LA, the line is 17 and a half. You look at those numbers. The spread is about 16. I'm sorry. The Jets offense is inept. Their defense is awful. The Rams defense is epic. This has got blowout written all over it. Jets lose by at least 24 points. Take the Rams. Lay the 17 and a half like it's a college game. That's my pick this week. Jets and Rams. I have two props for you. Last week. Cam Akers ran all over the field. I like Cam Akers over 69 and a half rushing yards, minus 122 on DraftKings. Cooper Cup over receiving yards, 59 and a half receiving, minus 112 on FanDuel. So, and Cam Akers rushing yards is actually 73 and a half on FanDuel. So stick with DraftKings, minus 122 versus minus 112 on FanDuel, $10 difference but you are gaining four yards on DraftKings by taking the Cam Akers rushing prop. So I love the Rams to just destroy the Jets this week. It's going to be, I mean, it could be a shutout, could be 31 to seven, 31 to three. Rams over the Jets, lay the
1: 17 and a half. John, any thoughts on the Jet-Ram game? That was basically like a, a dissertation uh, on, on, on why you need to hate the jets. Um, man, you know, I, I, see that 17 and a half and I really want to say, you know, take the jets, take the 17 and a half. Are you out of your mind? But it's just, they're just hard to trust. You know, I, I would not be shocked at all if they covered the spread, but it's just, how do you, you know, how do you bet that way? It, it's, it's not the good bet here. I was taking a look at, taking a look at some prompts that I might like to take. Uh, Frank Gore at 32 and a half rushing yards is tempting because he's done that plenty of times. And you could see Adam Gase going back to, you know, his, his favorite player in the world, Frank Gore again. But I mean, the Rams have like the number three rushing defense in the league. You know, Gore's had the recent, you know, injury history. Can't bet on that one. Then I saw Sam Darnold's completions is 18 and a half completions on DraftKings, Kings. And I'm like, all right, well, that seems like a pretty good bet. Well, in Sam Darnold's last seven games, you know how many times he's had more than 18 and a half completions? Once. (laughs) Once in his last seven games, he's had more than 18 18 and a half completions. That's insane. Um, So that's obviously not the bet. So the the one prop that I do like in this game, I actually like uh, Josh Reynolds, the wide receiver for the the Rams, their, their number three receiver. Uh, on DraftKings, it's 25 and a half receiving yards at minus 112. Uh, he's, you know, had 25 or more receiving yards 10 times this year. This is, uh, could be a pretty easy hit for him. So I like Josh Reynolds and the over on 25 and a half receiving yards. And yeah, I think I'll stay away from the Jets. Here's the thing with the Jets is that Adam Gase and Frank Gore have this like love affair.
0: He was out with a concussion in the early part of the Raiders game, the Jets actually rushed for over 200 rushing yards. Next week, he comes—he comes back from a concussion, and he just keeps going to Gore, keeps going to Gore, keeps going to Gore. Forget about Ty Johnson. Forget about Adams, who had you know accumulated all these rushing yards against the the, the Raiders. They rushed for under 70 rushing yards last week against Seattle. So now that Frank Gore—he's—he's he's healthy. He's running. He's He's uh, Adam Gase's love child. You know, the Jets aren't going to do anything. So I, I like the gore over rushing yards. The problem that I see with it, and that's why I'm a little iffy, is that the Rams defense is just sick. I mean, if it's not the Saints defense, which is very good, and we'll talk about that in my second game, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's the the Rams defense. And so I'm a little wary on gore, but it doesn't seem like a tremendous amount of yards for him to gain. But it's going to be, you know, give the ball to Frank Gore, and it's two yards in a cloud of dust, and the Jets are not going to do anything. So, you know, another loss, and that's good for me, and that's good for Jet fans, because here comes the guy with two first names, Trevor Lawrence. John, Eagles, let's go.
1: Let's go indeed. As I talked about a little bit earlier. The, the, the Eagles have me feeling positive again. It, it, I can't tell you how much fun it was as an Eagles fan to watch them play so well, to watch the Eagles play so inspired at home against the Saints last week, uh, and to just watch Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, a young quarterback with a pedigree who can run. It, it's just such a powerful thing to have in today's in today's day and age. And it's the kind of thing, you know, everyone calls it the cheat code now, as far as fantasy football goes, having a running quarterback. Having a quarterback that can make things happen and gain positive yards when everything else is breaking down around them is just so invaluable, especially with the way the Eagles season has gone with all the injuries they had on the offensive line. Uh, You know, a lot of times the the plays that Doug Peterson designs aren't going to work out. But Jalen Hurts can take off uh, and make some yardage. Without digressing too much, I still long term have confidence in Carson Wentz that he can regain his form. You know, he was amazing in 2017, but he was pretty good in the two years uh, since then as well, and just really had a horrible year so far this year. But for now, I'm having fun watching Jalen Hurts play don't care about the draft pick. And this week the Eagles are going to Arizona to play the seven and six Arizona Cardinals who had been slumping somewhat before last week. Uh, I thought that had a lot to do with a shoulder injury that Kyler Murray uh, had sustained a few weeks ago. Um, I think he probably tried to play with it. He wasn't running as much as, as, as he was. Uh, The Cardinals skidded a bit until last week uh, they played the New York Giants. And it was a get-right game for them. Uh, the Cardinals beat the Giants 27-6. to 6, Although it honestly, watching the game, it didn't seem like as much of a beatdown as that score might indicate. The Giants gave the Cardinals short fields on short fields on several occasions, and I thought Cliff Kingsbury tried to make the task of beating the Giants more difficult than it needed to be um, by uh, you know running Kenyon Drake uh, at the goal line like 29 times in a row or something like that. So, yes, the Cardinals had a great win last week, but it wasn't as dominating as it could have been. The Eagles had a very surprising win last week, um, and it's hard to tell or hard to predict uh, if that can tell us anything about what's going to happen this week. Uh, The Eagles have not been great against the spread on the road, only one in five against the spread on the road in their last six. Interesting stat here, the Eagles have actually never won at the Arizona Cardinals, current stadium. They're 0-4 there, going back to the Eagles' heartbreaking loss in the 8 championship game. Uh, the Eagles, uh, last week, uh, like I said earlier, Jalen Hurts had a great game, was a, a great spark plug for the whole team. Miles Sanders also returned, you know, had 14 carries, had uh, broke a long one for a touchdown, and it certainly appeared as having Jalen Hurts as the running quarterback in helped Miles Sanders to really get his legs back under him. Um, I'm hoping for more of that this week. But on the downside, the Eagles continued to suffer massive, massive injuries. Already out, starting cornerback Avante Maddox, uh, starting stro- uh, strong side receiver Rodney McLeod, also already out. Um, our big acquisition this year was cornerback Darius Slay. Uh, he is was the last time I checked still in the concussion protocol and is listed as questionable. We'll see if he can play on Sunday. So the Eagles' secondary took some hits, but overall, I like this Cardinals team, but they're a very up and down team. I think they're still very young as their record, you know, tells us they are only seven and six. That's why they're, they're favored by only six points on DraftKings and six and a half on FanDuel. And I got to tell you, as an Eagles fan, I feel pretty good about this game. That scares me because I know how bad the Eagles have looked for most of this season, I know how banged up their secondary is, and that is a serious concern, Uh, but I just have this weird feeling that the Eagles are going to continue this mojo for another week, and potentially even pull this game out. The money line is 230 or 240, depending on what site you're looking at, but I think the pick here, I'm going to say it's take the Eagles on FanDuel, getting six and a half at minus 105. That way, if the Cardinals You know, end up pulling out the game and winning, at least you've got that cushion. I feel like the Eagles will take the opportunity to keep this one kind of close, even if they fall short in the end. Another factor in the Eagles' favor here is that their pass rush has really woken up recently. Uh, Brandon Graham has been steady all year, and the youngster Josh Schwett uh, is really, really coming on, had two sacks last week in a really, really great game. But I'm going to say let's take the Eagles – and take that six and a half points, roll the dice a little bit, I know, because the Eagles have been so bad, but I just, you know, I have a a feeling that the Eagles are gonna continue the magic with Jalen Hurts for at least one more week and at least keep this one close. As far as props go, I've got a few here. Uh, Jalen Hurts rushing, he had over a hundred yards last week. His rushing this week, the prop is still kind of high at 57 and a half, but I'm willing to roll the dice on that one as well. minus 112 because i really liked what i saw out of jalen hurts play last week and i could definitely see the game playing out in such a way that hurts you know because he had so much success last week running the ball continuing to go to that more uh this week uh, because you know he had so much success with it and even if he doesn't have 100 yards this week it, which is not something i would expect that he has enough attempts maybe even more attempts than last week so that he has enough opportunities to break that 57 and a half Now, I really want to hammer whatever you think you like against the Eagles secondary this week. So I'm taking Dan Arnold at 15 and a half receiving yards. Uh, The Eagles so far are uh, only the 16th team in the league against tight ends overall. That is an extremely low number. I could definitely see Dan Arnold hitting that this week. So 15 and a half receiving yards. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in football. His receiving prop is 85 and a half receiving yards, which is minus 112 on FanDuel. They're not even offering a DeAndre Hopkins receiving prop on DraftKings. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is having a really great year. He's number five overall in receiving yards, number three in receptions. And the Eagles have not performed that well against number number one wide receivers. The Eagles have given up 90 or more yards to number one wide receivers on the opposing team in three of their last five games. I see that happening again. Uh, Kyler Murray looks for DeAndre Hopkins when he's in trouble. So if he's not going to take off and run and take over with his legs, he's looking for Hopkins. I think Hopkins has a big game here. Think of, you know, prior games against the Eagles, including, you know, DK Metcalf, including in the playoffs last year, Devontae Adams a few weeks ago, I see the same thing happening again. So take Hopkins in the 85 and a half. Uh, I also like Kyler Murray 22 and a half completions, uh, which is something that he got three out of his last four games and he's averaging Uh, Almost 24 completions a game. And with this banged up secondary of the Eagles, I like Kyler to get 22 and a half there. On the Eagle side, I like uh, Miles Sanders. He is still number six in rushing yards per game, despite the fact that Peterson really went away from Miles Sanders for, for a few weeks in a row. The Arizona defense is only 18th overall against, um, uh, running backs as far as rushing yards goes. So Miles Sanders at 61 and a half rushing yards, something that I like quite a bit. Um, I, I really loved your Zachert's call last week when his, um, receiving prop, I think was two and a half catches. Uh, and I don't remember the, the number, the the yardage number, but it was relatively small. Um, and he didn't hit those, but man, that two and a half catches Hertz did look, Zach Ertz's way a few times. I think Zach Ertz could get three catches. I wouldn't mind going back to that well. And the last one I would have is Dallas Goddard, who I think is really a budding superstar at the tight end position. On DraftKings, you can get 36 and a half receiving yards at minus 124. So that's what I've got. I'm taking the Eagles in the six and a half. Give me Jalen Hurts rushing. Dan Arnold receiving. DeAndre Hopkins receiving. Kyler Murray completions, Miles Sanders rushing, Zach Ertz catches, and Goddard receiving yards. So I'm going to spread a little bit of money out uh, on this week's game, but that's how I like to do it. Uh, and just play the numbers game, betting on the fact that I'll be right more than I'm wrong. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't
0: lay six points with uh the Cardinals. I just can't. I can't do it. And the way the Eagles looked last week beating the Saints, and I and I get it that. Drew Brees, Drew Brees, was not the quarterback last week, and it was still Taysom Hill. I got to take the Eagles and the points, and in fact, I have a little, a little twist here that I'm going to give to our audience this week. And I've had um, some, like actually 100% success on three separate occasions when I thought that the points were right to actually tease games. So, what's a teaser? A teaser is this. You pick two games, you get six points. You can move the line either way, up or down. And the VIG is not great, so it's worse than, you know, just betting a game straight up with the point spread, but you get to move the line. So in this case, I like moving the Eagles line six points from either six or six and a half to 12 or 12 and a half. And the Buccaneers game, which right now is minus six, Moving that line down to even, Tampa Bay is playing, if I remember correctly, Atlanta. And so right now, Tampa Bay is favored by six over Atlanta. Move that game down to even. So if Tampa Bay wins the game, if the Eagles don't lose the game by more than 12, or actually if they lose the game, in in my case on DraftKings, it's 12. On FanDuel, it's 12 and a half. If you take it on FanDuel, if they lose by 12 and the Buccaneers just win the game, you win your teaser. So that's my teaser bet. Eagles, Bucks, move in the line, six points. Such a tease. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice teaser. So on my, on the props, I love the Sanders uh, rushing. The Hurts rushing, 57 and a half on DraftKings, uh, minus 112. I like that. And I, and, and Kyler Murray rushing 48 and a half minus 108 on DraftKings. Those are my player props on the Eagles Philadelphia game. And, uh, and I like the teaser with the Eagles and the Bucks. Any final thoughts on your Eagle game?
1: Just that. I just, I feel weird and it scares me a little bit. The the fact that I'm kind of excited about the game and I really, I I feel like the Eagles are going to continue that mojo that Jalen Hurts brought to the whole team last week, you know, and I I recognize that the, the Eagles have been bad enough this year that it'll be easy to be disappointed on, on Sunday, but I don't know. Just got a feeling about this one.
0: All right. So let's move into game number two. And, you know, a lot of people are calling this a preview of the Super Bowl. I'm taking the chiefs who are on a roll and are just, like crushing teams this this time of year against the Saints, and they're in New Orleans. You know, but it's COVID time, so are there really fans <clears throat> in the seats in New this Orleans? Is I mean, maybe a few, not really. So I don't really put a whole lot of stock in home field advantage. But the Chiefs are laying three points in New Orleans. Over-under is 52. All right, so let's look at this game. The Saints... You know, they have a great record. They lost last week to the Eagles, probably shouldn't have lost last week to the Eagles, but they have a great record. And they're, they're, you know, tops in the NFC. But the Saints have only beaten one team that has an over 500 record, and that's Tampa Bay. They beat them twice. Other than that, every single win has been against an under 500 team. So are the Saints really as good as their record shows? I don't think so. And I think, this, I think the Chiefs are head and shoulders better than every team in the NFL. Pat Mahomes, 8-0, 8-0, 8-0, not against non-divisional teams, not against the NFC, not against uh, you know the, the AFC West. He's 8-0 versus top five scoring defenses, which the New Orleans Saints are this year. The Saints defense is really, really good. We're gonna get into some stats in a little bit. But Pat Mahomes is 8-0 versus top five scoring defenses. Again, the line is minus three. The Chiefs have won 10 straight road games. They're on the road again in New Orleans. And with COVID, it's not the same. It's not a packed Superdome down there in New Orleans. It's just not the same. So I guess you can you you all can see where I'm leaning towards, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think they're going to cover this spread minus three. But just let me give you a few other nuggets here. I know New Orleans has been a different team with Taysom Hill as the quarterback. And let me just give you a few stats here. With Hill as the quarterback, they're only putting up 243 uh, yards per game, Uh, 188 passing yards, 174 0.5 rushing yards and a 96.9 passer rating with drew breeze 30.1 points per game 252.3 passing yards 120.8 rushing yards and 109.5 passer rating And let me just back up that 243 with hill that was 24.3 points per game so with breeze they're putting up almost a touchdown better per game But I don't really think it matters against the Chiefs because the Chiefs have just been on fire. I mean, Travis Kelsey has just been a one-man wrecking show at tight end. 749 receiving yards in the last six games. Mahomes leads the NFL with 4,208 passing yards. Insane. And here, to me, is the X factor in all of this. And I know it's only one player, but they're in new Orleans. Drew Brees is going to be back at quarterback, but his favorite target as a receiver, Michael Thomas is not going to be playing this game. So without Michael Thomas, I think the chiefs are going to win this game. And I think they're going to win this game by, I think it's going to be close, but not as close as three points. I think the chiefs win by either seven or 10 points. So I like the chiefs to cover this line. So just, again, to stay with my uh, my stat-heavy uh, analysis this week, Chiefs offense, it's insane. First in yards per game, 429.2. First in passing yards, 317.5. 16th, okay, you're right in the middle on rushing, 111.7 rushing yards per game. But points per game, 31.2. 0. So 31 points per game the Chiefs are putting up on offense this year. The Saints offense, you know, not as good as the, as the Chiefs and quite frankly not even close. 14th in yards per game, 369.8 passing, 232.5, rushing 137.3, 7th and 7th in points per game at 28.3. So we look at it, 31 versus 28. Okay, there's your three right there. It's Pat Mahomes. It's the Chiefs. No Michael Thomas. I mean, the Saints defense is epic. Second in yards given up, 298.4. Fourth in passing yards, 209.2. Second in rushing yards given up, 89.2. Fourth in points per game at 20.4. But the Saints aren't, no, they're, they're not a slouch. I mean, the, the Chiefs are not a slouch here. They're only giving up 21.6 points per game on defense. That's not significant. What I see here is I see Drew Brees is coming off of a a four-game layoff. Uh, No Michael Thomas. And I know they're home, but there's no fans in the seats. The Chiefs are playing lights out right now. It's only three points. I get it that they are a road favorite, but I like the Chiefs in this game. And uh, so I'm going to lay the three. And take the Chiefs against the Saints, laying the three points. My player props look, I'm gonna stay with what has gotten me where I am right now, and that is Travis Kelsey over 85 and a half receiving yards, minus 112 on DraftKings, a little bit better on FanDuel at 84 and a half receiving yards, same minus 112. So it could go either way. I'm gonna wait till Sunday to see where things shake out. I think Alvin Kamara is actually going to have a big day um, this week. He has not had 100 yards from scrimmage from for the last few games, especially since Taysom Hill has been the quarterback. With Drew Brees back, I like Kamara over 56.5 rushing yards, minus 130 on DraftKings Not Great Odds, and Kamara over 48.5 receiving yards, minus 118 on DraftKings for an overall over 100 yard rushing and receiving day for Kamara, two other props on this game. Kelsey to score a touchdown, decent odds -112 on DraftKings, and Mahomes 14 and a half rushing yards -112 on FanDuel. And that's my analysis on the
1: Chiefs Saints game. John thoughts on this game. Yeah, we are 100% on the, sa- on the same page here. It's funny, on, on the prompts, I've got, you know, in my notes here, Alvin Kamara, 48 and a half receiving yards, especially with Michael Thomas out. I absolutely see Drew Brees going back to Alvin Kamara, feeding him a lot, especially after being out for a few weeks. I expect Brees to to concentrate on getting the ball out of his hands quickly. To me, that means a lot of Alvin Kamara. Ugh. The one that's tough, but I really want to take is Alvin Kamara receptions for that exact same reason, but the number, the number is very high, six and a half, but that's a number he would have hit a bunch of times during year with Drew Brees. Uh, I would take it if the odds were a little bit better, it's actually a minus minus one twenty, So it's really not great odds at all. Uh, I also kind of like Taysom Hill to score a touchdown anytime touchdown for Taysom Hill is plus 200 especially with the breeze being out for a few weeks, having the back issue. Um, I'm sure that Taysom Hill is going to have a package, especially near the goal line. And we have talked a few times about, you know, Sean Payton is a really great coach. He really is. Um, But he, to me, he also sort of likes to make himself seem like the smartest guy in the room. So I very much expect Taysom Hill to get plays called for him uh, in the red zone, if and when the Saints get there, I think they will. Again, I'm on the same page with you. Also having my notes here, Patrick Mahomes over on rushing yards. Uh, that's a, a, a great line at 14 and a half. You know, Mahomes has had 16 or more rushing yards in eight games this year. And the Saints have a pretty stout defense, as you talked about, can get a good pass rush. So I could absolutely see Uh, The Saints flushing Mahomes out and him taking off and he could get this in one play.
0: You know, I, I I don't like the six and a half receptions, which is why I'm staying away from Kelsey on the receptions. And I certainly would not even touch Alvin Kamara over six and a half receptions either. So the yardage, I like it. The receptions is the, is the thing that I have the biggest concern about. So I'm going to stay away from both of those props and just stick to the yardage on this game. So, all right. So Look, Chiefs-Saints, I mean, quite honestly, between me and you, I don't know why this game wasn't flexed to the Sunday night game and why it was Giants-Browns. It is what it is. It'll be the, you know, the the primetime highlight game of the 4 o'clock hour. So we'll see how it shakes out, but I do expect the Chiefs to play really well and beat the Saints and cover that minus three.
1: So, John, who do you got in the second game? This week, I'm going back to a matchup that I took just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that's the uh, interdivisional rivals, Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. A couple of weeks ago, it was the Colts at Houston. The Colts were favored by three and a half. And I, I, there was a lot of things I liked in that game. And I hit a bunch of props. Uh, I was wrong on the ultimate uh, line call because I said to take Houston and get the three and a half. Colts ended up winning that game 26 to 20. But I, I still like the call going back because. I don't know if the uh, listeners remember watching this game or the highlights, but Houston had the ball with like a minute and a half left at the the Indianapolis two, and there was a bad snap, and Sean Watson f- fumbled the snub snap. Excuse me. Otherwise, uh, there was a pretty good chance that was going to be a cover. This time, it's Houston at Indianapolis, and the Texans are now getting seven and a half points at minus one fifteen. Ultimately, my advice here is going to be. Go back, take Houston again, get the seven and a half points. I think a lot of people are going to go the other way because Houston just got absolutely shellacked last week. 36 to seven against the Bears of all teams. But there were some, you know, unfortunate circumstances surrounding that. Houston had a bunch of injuries. They had basically no wide receivers for Deshaun Watson to throw to. Um, And uh, the Bears just jumped out early. David Montgomery had a big run. And it was just one of those things where it was their day. This week, Houston's going to get back, uh, it looks like, at least Brandon Cooks. Um, So I think that should help Deshaun Watson out a lot. Um, And I think they'll bounce back a little bit. I don't see Romeo Cornell um, permitting the Texans to just quit on the season. The Colts are still in the thick of it, in a playoff hunt. They're actually tied with the Titans for the division lead. Uh, And last week, they beat up the Raiders 44-27. Rookie Jonathan Taylor had his best game of the year by far with 150 yards. And two touchdowns. Um, The Colts obviously have something to play for uh, in the thick of it as far as the playoff race goes in the AFC here. uh, And, you know, I would not be surprised at all if the Colts win the game. But I expect the Texans to keep it close. Like I said, Deshaun Watson is getting Brandon Cooks back. I trust in Romeo Crinnell, uh to keep the ship together for Houston uh, and, and not have it a situation where it just completely falls apart on the whole team. And again, anytime you've got a player of Deshaun Watson's caliber helming the offense, uh, you've got a chance any particular week to have a good week offensively. So I'm going to say take the Houston Take the seven and a half. It's seven or seven and a half, depending on on which site you're looking at. So check, check both FanDuel and and DraftKings and get the seven and a half at minus 115. I also note that eight of the last 10 meetings between these teams have been decided by seven or fewer points. So moving on to the props that I like this week, there's a theme here. The theme is Houston's rushing defense is the worst in the league, and it's not terribly close. So I love pretty much all of the rushing overs in this game. Jonathan Taylor, highly touted rookie out of Wisconsin, uh, has been really coming on in the last few weeks. Uh, He's really been getting the opportunities. Uh, He had two touchdowns, 150 yards last week, an over 60 yard run. So I say take his rushing yards this week, get the best number you can. On DraftKings, it's 72 and a half rushing yards. Uh, The odds stink at minus 155, but keep checking back. That could change depending on which site you're looking at. But anything around that 72 and a half, 73 yard mark, I love that. Uh, He's been over 90 yards in three straight games. I also kind of like Naeem Hines. His rushing prop is 25 and a half rushing yards at minus 112 on DraftKings, only 24 and a half, minus 112 on FanDuel. Uh, He would have uh, beat that number in three out of his last five. The last rushing prop I got is Deshaun Watson. I I don't get this one at all. Uh, Deshaun Watson, rushing yards, 23 and a half rushing yards, not great odds at minus 134, but still that's such a low number. He's been over that number in nine straight games. uh, And I see more of the same this week. So I'll take Houston, give me the seven and a half points in a series that is typically decided by less than seven points. And in light of the Houston Texans' terrible rushing defense, I'll take Jonathan Taylor over on rushing yards, Naheem Hines over on rushing yards, and Deshaun Watson over 23 and a half rushing yards, because that really seems like money in the bank uh, with him having hit that number of nine straight games. So that's what I think. I have spoken. I have spoken. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close game,
0: too. I really do. So I would I would tend to lean uh, towards the underdog in this game and take those points. As far as uh, the props are concerned, I, I, I mean, the things that I, I focused on was Watson, 23 and a half rushing yards. I know the odds on DraftKings are minus 134, but I like Watson over 23 and a half. You know, Jonathan Taylor... I'm gonna seriously consider it, but I like the uh the Hines rushing uh, of uh of 25 and a half on DraftKings minus 112. You know, given Houston's propensity to give up big rushing totals, I think 25 and a half for Naheem Hines is is really not a a big number to cover. So I I like that over rushing total on this game. And I think it's gonna be a close game. I I think the, the seven and a half point spread is probably too much. So I, I would take the underdog in this game. So I tend to agree with you. Uh, any final thoughts on your
1: second game? Uh, not too much. It's just that I often take a look at these, you know, interdivisional matchups with, uh, you know, uh, two teams that know each other very well, the long, the larger the point spread, the more interested I'm going to be in it in the game. And also, yeah, my some of my uh, fantasy playoffs rest on Jonathan Taylor having a big game. So another reason to pull for Jonathan Taylor.
0: All right. So we're going to move into the to our, our last and our favorite phase of our, our podcast. And that's our track of the week. But of course, before we do that, I'm going to give you my college football nugget as the college football season sort of winds down and we're in championship week. So I looked at this week's games and I really thought Ohio State was just going to come out gangbusters. And I know Northwestern has been playing really well, but, you know, they they had lost a game. They were six and one. Ohio State had only played five games, but they've looked really, really good this season. So I just thought after like, you know, a bit of a layoff and not having to play Michigan that Ohio State was just going to come out and just destroy Northwestern. So I took Ohio State laying 19 points. They didn't cover the spread. But what I did do is this. I looked at this and I said, okay, I'm gonna watch the beginning of the game and I'm gonna feel it out. Ohio State went down, they scored a touchdown but it got called back on a penalty. So the ball came back, they had to settle for a field goal. They were up three, nothing. Northwestern went down the field. They ran the ball down the throat of Ohio State and they scored a touchdown and made it seven, three. So what's my first instinct? Go look at the in-game line and can I make some money on this Ohio State Northwestern game? Well, guess what? I took Ohio State only laying seven points, put a uh, a C-note on that, got back my money for my original minus 19 bet. And then the line went up just a tick to seven and a half. And I said, you know what? I feel really good about Ohio State. I put a C-note and a 50-burger on it. <clears throat> This is a tasty burger. And what happened? Ohio State won 22-10. to 10. Boom. Cover, cover. Won my money back, plus some. What's the other game that I had earlier today? Well, I love, I love Texas A&M. And they were playing Tennessee. Tennessee? Tennessee played vanderbilt last week vanderbilt who had gotten shut out the week before against missouri vanderbilt actually scored some points against tennessee texas a&m is ranked number five in the country they are a powerhouse they were laying 14 points against uh tennessee to me that's easy money right there i laid the 14 texas a&m crushed tennessee winner winner chicken dinner the college football savant continues. Now, I was hoping, and I'm watching this line, and it keeps going up, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. What am I going to do? Clemson, Notre Dame. Clemson lost to Notre Dame earlier this year in a regular ACC matchup. Today is the championship game. When they played earlier, there was no Trevor Lawrence. Does one player really make a difference in the NFL? No. No. In the NFL, one player does not make that big of a difference. Maybe three points here and there. In college football, it makes a huge difference. So the line was at 10 and a half. It went down to 10. I was hoping it was going to go down to nine and a half so I could take Clemson. It went back up to 11. So what did I think in my head? I'm a gambler. I know when to hold them. I know when to fold them. I know when to walk away. I know when to run. But in this case, when my future quarterback of the New York Jets is going to be the quarterback of Clemson, guess who's going to blow out Notre Dame this week? It's going to be Clemson. I'm laying 11 points. I'm taking Clemson. I'm rolling with Clemson tonight. So put your money on Clemson. Lay the 11 points. That's my college
1: football nugget. John, give me your track more often than not, for my track of the week, I go with a, a some type of house or house related song, something funky, maybe a little disco-y, maybe a little house tech house-y. But I also have a lot of love for Progressive House, very much so. And uh, sometimes, you know, those songs just have moments in them that just feel so powerful. You know, I had a, a, an old dad moment today. I was cooking breakfast for my kids, threw on the headphones, had it playing on random and a song came on and it's my track of the week uh, and it's by cascade and john Dahlback, and the vocalist sansa much like game of thrones and the song is a little more the first time i ever heard the song was in california at beyond wonderland when cascade dropped it uh, and with all of you know um, insomniac's theatrics and the lights and everything. The drop of the song was just so powerful. I'm there cooking eggs, feeling that same power and that same happiness. So I want everybody out there to feel that same feeling. Check out A Little More by Cascade and John Dahlback with Sansa on the vocals. It's a really, really great song. I wouldn't really call it old school. It's only from a few years ago, from like 2014, 2015, but a really, really great fun beautiful powerful song check it out
0: yeah man i'm going back to 2015 and it was totally unintentional so i love the 128 bpm um, even though I'm, I'm a trance guy, but I'm sitting in my kitchen and downstairs we have the Peloton and my wife is on the Peloton and they they have uh, different instructors play different playlists and sometimes the tracks that they play are tracks that I've never heard before. But I, I, I'm i listening to this song and I'm like, what is this? I know this track and it's Hold My Hand by Jess Glynn and I'm like, okay. I know the Chris Lake remix of this track, and it's fantastic, and I've, and I've mixed it when I'm DJing down in my basement, but this time it was from one of my favorite remix DJs, one of my favorite DJs, Phoenix Paul, and he has a great remix of Hold My Hand, and I heard it, and I, I took my phone out, I put Shazam on, I Shazammed it, got it, boom. And it is just a fantastic remix of Jess Glynn's Hold My Hand. So that's my track of the week this week. Loving it, playing it over and over again in my car on the way to work. So that's my track of the week.
1: Great song, uh, and mentioning Phoenix Paul, by the way, reminded me, I, I believe he was one of the producers of In My Mind, which was maybe the yeah. biggest song or one of the biggest songs from Miami Music Week 2012, was it, when we were in Miami?
0: Absolutely, for Ooh. sure, good, yeah.
1: Good memories, man. Yeah, Yeah. I also just, I just had to throw this out there, I was gonna say this after the pod, but I think it's also sort of an illustration of where we are in our lives, that we're talking about some of these things, but the way they sort of intersected with our lives at this moment. I was making breakfast for my kids when my track of the week came on, and uh, you went down to your basement and your wife was on the Peloton when you heard this song, when you heard the, your track of the week. So, hey, man, it is what it is. I'll take it.
0: Hey, man, it's 2020. So, you know, you take what you can get. So, listen, everybody, great pod. Uh, we got some good Sunday games coming up. We got two Saturday night games this week, so we'll have to take a look at those before you guys and uh, you know analyze them yourselves and determine whether you're going to put some money on those on those games. But some good analysis for the Sunday games. So we are out this week, week 15. Wagers, ragers. We are out. Listen, let your bets be sharp and let your caches. Be Bountiful. John,
1: I'll see you in week 16. We are out. See you then, man. Yo, if you have never watched The Mandalorian, watch them all. And if you do watch The Mandalorian, don't be a jerk. Don't spoil it for other people. Greatest show on TV right now. This is the way. Till our paths cross.